This is the part of the program we refer to as left, right, and center because it takes a look at political issues of the day from varying perspectives, although over the years I think we've all moved around a little bit here and there on given occasions and given uh, issues. Bob Metz joins us, a longtime member of our team, and uh, Jeff Schlemmer as well, who similarly is a longtime member. Welcome to both of you today. Morning. Morning. I have a question for you relative to something that I said earlier this morning, and, and I said I'll probably get some flack for it, but that's okay. On the front page of the Free Press today, and I show these to you, there are two pictures, two images from a flyer that was purported, well, I guess not purportedly, was sent around during the election campaign, uh, purportedly to influence people not to vote progressive conservative. They juxtaposed some symbols of the Jewish faith with uh, rather unflattering cartoons of Stephen Harper intended to portray him as, uh, I guess, a tool of the Zionists or whatever the, the language of the month is today. Um, I'm, I'm less concerned about the fact that that happened because everybody involved, not everybody involved, but the, the Jewish community, the Christian community, the Muslim community have all denounced these. Am I wrong in wondering, though, why those are in the paper and the Danish cartoons were not? Well... Not that I want to see the, either one of them in the paper, but does this is it just me? Are, are these somehow less offensive, do you think, than they were? Or? I actually see that as almost two separate issues. Um, these ones here, I'm surprised, are published at all um, because uh, junk like that I've received in our mail at Freedom Party from all kinds of wackos and goofs. We get it regularly. Mm-hmm. That, you know, We don't take it to the free press and say put it on the front page of the paper. I mean, there's all kinds of weirdos out there. Um, I understand, though, in connection to these, that they were actually targeted, though, to spe- specific members of the, yes. of the community. Yes. That is that is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Not so much the cartoons themselves as that action. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of, uh, you know, smack of somebody who's keeping lists for some reason mm-hmm. or other, you know. And but th- that doesn't surprise you either. You know there are people like that. Oh, yeah, there's right? all kinds of weirdos out there. Um, as to the other issue... Why the media did not print the supposedly offensive cartoons? I can't really speak to that on the broader term. I know they want to be politically incorrect and everything, but I know from Richard Dawkins uh, on a TVO special with Abby Lewis and a whole host of uh, religious leaders, they were discussing that issue, and he brought up the fact that the cartoons that were being shown to the Islamic community were not the ones being shown to us. Hmm. And uh, so I found that quite significant, and I didn't know why everybody didn't just jump on that fact, because that, to me, is a biggie. You know, the ones we saw were innocuous. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's all the fuss about? But if, on the other hand, what they're being shown is something completely different, uh, maybe their reaction, I don't know, I, wouldn't, I still wouldn't call it well, justified. Did, 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 he, did he show any of these other things? How do we know no, that they were different? He didn't. He just went. We just went on the premise of his expertise because he was doing a special on world religions, and he was there with all sorts of people and peers, and you know mm-hmm. they could have challenged him right mm-hmm. there and then, and, and they didn't do that. Nobody did. Jeff, what about you? Am I off base in wondering and asking that question? Well, I uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, that certainly a strong case can be made that they're similar, and that uh, as a result, it's better for the paper not to publish them. I, I guess the uh, there there have been a variety of of pictures kind of in the in the paper 
Freeps and others in the last uh, couple of years that I've kind of wondered whether we really needed to see them. Um, for instance, historically, they've, they've uh, shied away from showing pictures of dead people, uh, for example, and that seems to be changing somewhat. And I realize that there is a strong incentive to do those things because lots of people can't seem to take their eyes off that kind of stuff. It's the people who, who can't resist uh, looking at the car accident on the way by. So it sells papers, and that's got to be attractive. Uh, the only thing I can think of if one were to try and make some kind of a, a legalistic type of argument is that I believe that, and whether this is correct or not, that uh, part of the objection to the Danish uh, newspapers uh, or paper uh, cartoons was that it showed an image of God and that some fundamentalist Muslims say that there's a part of the Koran that says that it's uh, that you're not supposed to show any image of God, that that's blasphemy. So by showing images that purported to be God, that that was offensive. Now, as Bob says, I'm sure that what happens is that it Who becomes... Who's in a position of knowing what the image of God looks like? I want to meet well, was it person. God or was it, <laughs> it was Muhammad, though? Wasn't it, wasn't it Muhammad that they were concerned about? Images of Muhammad. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was again, Muhammad. I, I betray my ignorance and I've got a bit of a head cold, so <laughs> a little slow today, but, but I guess that, that may have been a bit of a formal argument. Now, having said that, if you had the most reverent possible image, would people have been wound up by that? I don't know, but it does certainly then uh, give... Uh, sway, I guess, to the people who, as Bob points out, want to exaggerate and uh, and uh, claim that uh, things have been done that haven't been done. And there seems to be there seems to be a real market for that. People seem to be able to take things that are done and then and then say characterize them as something dramatically more offensive than they were or could ever have been intended to be to inflame people. And it's it's uh, disappointing that that happens, but it does seem to, and it does seem to flare up a lot of people. And I was listening last night to uh, the reporter from the New York Times on uh, uh, the Pope's visit to Turkey right now, and she was saying, you know, that after the uh, after the images, after the the flare up around the Danish newspaper thing, there was a, a priest killed in Turkey, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we debated on this show whether you should give in to that kind of thing or not. But that, I think, was the the technical argument, if you like. Now, again, I would be very surprised if someone did uh, uh, an image of Muhammad that was as reverential and historically accurate as you could possibly imagine, whether it would evoke the same same uproar. Uh, and I also question whether the average uh, Muslim was wound up about it. But there are people, some people argue that they're not really political at all, they're strictly, or not really religious or strictly political, who use that to get people killed. So if either of you, you're the editor of the Free Press, do you publish those? You know, I'm looking at these cartoons right now, and just looking at the cartoons by themselves, the only message I get is that Harper supports the Jewish state. Basically, that's what it's saying to me. Okay. Because you've got him holding the symbolism there. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's fair political commentary. He did. did. In the UN, he spoke out Mm -hmm. against all the other fellow fellow (laughs) members there who were taking the other side. Mm -hmm. And I think... That in and of itself might be an accurate political statement. I can't see, and whether you like it or not depends upon your philosophy. I do. I, to me, I think, well, that's a positive statement, mm-hmm. okay? Because mm-hmm. finally somebody's speaking up for the right. And, and I mean, not right wing, yes. right, yeah. you know? And, um, so in any case, uh, you know, the broader issue, would I have printed them? Yeah, I mean. Would you have printed but, but the Danish that, cartoons? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, not because of, the commentary, but more because of that story, because of that targeting. Yeah. I think that's what makes it a local issue. Jeff, what about you? You're the editor for a moment. Would you print either the uh, Danish ones or these or both or none? I don't know. I, I, I like to think that as I age, I'm, I'm becoming better at not offending people. I don't know whether there's any hope for that or not. And uh, that's not to say that I never want to. Well, is there people. any use for that? Would I be don't my know. question. Let's go on. You know, and I guess 
to me, the, in both cases, the question is, from my standpoint, what what do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to make an informed decision? And uh, I, you know, I make decisions all the time without realizing, uh, you know, if I had known this, if I had known that, I might have been done it differently, or maybe not. Um, as as Bob says, on the face of these uh, uh, flyers, I assume that there was a context for them, where there was some text and so on. Uh, yeah, it no, does say out of context on, on the bottom of the caption there. And I and I don't know, like for instance, the top one looks like I, my first image was of Stephen Harper with a black eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, again, I wasn't sure whether what that was trying to say about about the thing. I don't know. Um, so in in Canada and in a free democracy, one hopes that you err on the side of freedom of expression, uh, and we generally do, uh, subject to our hate crimes. And I hope that this wouldn't cons- be considered to be rise to rise to the level of a hate crime. Um, so I guess I probably would publish. I want to change the topic a little bit. Jeff, you said in this program before more than once that you're happy to pay taxes, that you don't, you don't begrudge the government taking your tax money from you. How do you feel when uh, the Auditor General releases a report like she did uh, uh, today and as she has uh, you know, every year in, in for, or, or he or she has done for years and years and years, and it seems that every year they, there are these egregious abuses of our tax revenues that seem to go on and on and on and on. What do you make of that? You're happy well, to pay the money. This is what they're doing with it. Well, again, I've always said I'm happy to pay taxes if it's the best use of my money to get services. So if uh, government can provide a service cheaper than the private sector, I, yes, I, have I am. To, uh, no, I just and have to I interject just for a second because I don't remember you putting that qualifier let me, let me put on you before. Let me tell you exactly what I said. That was that if the government can give me a monster house in the burbs and a Porsche in the driveway for what I pay in taxes, then they can have it all. <laughs> <laughs> if they can do that, I guess Actually, I don't like being I will, ripped off. I will attest to that. I, I have heard Jeff say that. <laughs> say that. I like Porsche. But, but why he yeah, believes that, that that the government forcing him to spend things will get him the things he wants when he, when he can't do it voluntarily. That's I want a Porsche. A contradiction. I I'm just not simply talking cannot about resolve. a Boxer. I want a 911. Yeah, I hear you. Well, so what, what about this? So, and here's Ron Stewart, this guy that apparently didn't even bother to go to work, and there's no there was no system in place to catch him. He worked yeah. there for 20 some years, and he's been retired for two or three years now before they finally catch think, up to I him. I think it's horrifying, and, and uh, I, I, God bless uh, Sheila Fraser. Like she's, she's, I think, a good use of tax dollars, her and her office. Every year they come out with this stuff. And having said that, the government is a huge outfit, and the trade-off is always do you micromanage them to the, to the, up the yin-yang, which is what I've found has been happening in the last 10 years with the government agencies I deal with. So there's just endless paperwork because nobody wants to be the one who ends up dropping the ball on something like this. But then you end up spending a ton of your time doing paperwork rather than providing services. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, am I more offended by this guy than I am by, uh, you know, when corporate fraud comes out and we find out that some CEOs paid himself a ton of money? I believe the head of the uh, New York Stock Exchange last year was ordered to pay back $100 million mm-hmm. that he had paid himself. Uh, does, does that offend me and does it cost me? Uh, yeah, sure. And, and I don't see why a dollar stolen by a public servant costs me anything less or any more than it does if it's stolen by a senior executive at a company. I'm buying that product and that cost is built into it as well. I don't want to be ripped off by anybody. He's not stealing from you. You don't go to jail if you don't buy his product, but you go you go to jail if you don't buy the government's product. Two totally different things. Well, I guess that's true in the yeah. sense that if it's, if you take it as a given that you don't need to buy food, you don't need to buy housing, that would be true. That no, I take it I don't as a given that you do, do and that's precisely why you don't want the government providing those things. But I'm saying that because them. I do need to buy those products, if if somebody's ripping me off and selling them to me, I'm not happy about that either. But 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 it shouldn't matter to you. Look, when you go into a store and you see two bags of chips or a loaf of bread or whatever it is you're buying, all you care about as a consumer is the price. You don't know if the guy selling that to you is a million dollars in debt, whether he's flush, whether he's paid off the building. It should not matter to you. Well, I hope you would agree that... that 
CEOs shouldn't talk be about micromanaging. <laughs> you know that among other things, you look at Enron, for instance. Does Enron bother me? You know the fact that these uh, the smartest guys in the room uh, defrauded uh, their their company That's of their hundreds of millions of dollars. That's their that costs us in exactly act, the same way no. as does fraud. And I consider this fraud that what this guy is talking about no. in the public sector. Okay, guys, we have to pause. I have to pause. I can't even say it. We're going to pause for a second. We'll come right back with more on the Jim Shabin News Hour, Left, Right, and Center with Schlemmer and Metz. Left, right, and center with the Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer today, and we've been talking. Uh, I'll go back to that just for a second. You guys were going there pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, it's always been over the years. It's been those economic issues that Jeff and I disagree most strongly mm-hmm. on. True, and uh, it's funny because we agree on so many quote social issues, although there are differences there too. But uh, you know, when I think about taxes in general, it, it strikes me that in c- the average Canadian, the average Canadian pays. More than half of what he earns, you know, to government, which is more than all of his basic living necessities combined, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, that I can even say that, to me, is a tragedy. Hmm. We're living in a country that that is just spending like crazy. To me, it speaks to the actual power of the capitalist part of the economy that can actually sustain all that, because government does not have its own money. Yeah, no, I made that point earlier today. Government doesn't produce a thing. But at the same time, we're living with a higher standard of living than we've ever had, so is that such a bad thing? And it's like, yeah, I... Well, it's not because of the the poison. It's because of the food, okay? That's why we have the high standard of living. Well, the problem I have, and I guess I'm in the middle here on this, the problem I have is... I. I don't object to paying taxes as long as I get the sense my taxes are being used for something worthwhile. Listen, I don't and, object and, no, to and, that but, either. No, I, I understand, I but <laughs> I'm even prepared to put up with some things that I don't approve of because I understand that some of the things I want somebody else may not approve of, so that's okay. But this drives me crazy. Now, I don't know whether this guy is guilty as charged, and I don't want to convict him before he's had a, a full hearing, and I guess well, the RCMP is looking into it. But the, the premise that a senior, relatively senior member of our government drawing a very good wage could get away, not only could get away with this, but would get away with this for 20-some years offends me to my core. Not just him, but a system and, and, the, and the politicians that create it and sustain the system that would allow this to happen. Yeah, but, but, but what is, to, to whom is this department responsible? To what market force? What's measuring it there, you know? And the money's just pouring in from a taxpayer who has no choice, no knowledge, no information well, was until there, way after the but fact. The, but again, there are reporting requirements, at least now, up the yin-yang, if you're getting government funding for anything. And uh, this is what I never understood about the Quebec sponsorship scandal, is that there are these billion-dollar contracts where there's no paperwork. It's like if I want to get, you know, $100 from the government of Canada, I've, I've got to fill out a ton of forms you know, to get it's it. Not, it's not the fraud that bothers it's, it's literally what they're spending money on. Consider... The, the, the immensity of the fraud that's being pulled on us right now being called Kyoto. How can they possibly spend any of our tax dollars in any way that will make any sense with that plan? Because, because all many of them believe it's a good plan. Well, yeah, and they, what are they trying to do? Reduce the Earth's temperature. When are they going to measure this? And how are they going to tell us, hey, we've been successful? But you Bob, know, you know, well, Bob, you they, know, they, you know that a, quote, a majority of serious scientists unanimously uh, no, 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 agree. No, they did not. Kyoto is an accord among politicians, not among scientists. The scientific accord has another name, and I think, oh, I forget the name yes, of it. Yes, but, but they, you, they, they, they unanimously the, against you know, Kyoto. The, the, the 80% or 90% or 90 Ninety-eight percent of all the all the uh, what was the, the word? I love the word they use, and I can't think of it now. Of the, was it serious scientists? They called them. 
Uh, anyway, this you're is a serious scientist. No, Suzuki. Are... This was this is Suzuki's claim that you know every real scientist in the world uh, knows. You know, the great thing is that we've got a conservative uh, minister, Ron Ambrose, who I guess missed another uh, appointment yesterday to appear before a parliamentary committee to talk about her plan for global warming. But she says she's going to fix it all in about 40 years, and they're going to get started on it in about 30 years. Uh, I guess the problem is that from those movies I watch, it always seems to be too late by the but time there, we wake there's up. But there's the problem. People look at the movies. If you go back 30 years, what were we worried about 30 years ago? Global cooling. National yeah. And the same, and the same, the same pile, shortages. the same pile of scientists were saying the same things, but we were going to freeze today. Well, that's the thing. As long as they can tell me that they're going to, they're going to get it right before it's too late, then I'm okay. As long as they can guarantee me that, then don't do anything for another 30 years. You know, I'm happy. We can't, just, just speaking on climate, we can control the climate. And if you're a scientist, anybody, who, who's known this for years and years, for thousands of years we've known this. And you can change climate by first changing the weather locally. Climate is accumulated weather, mm -hmm. so to speak, over a pattern. And the best way we know how to change weather, and I've said this before because I did print a scientist's article on Kyoto, mm -hmm. and that's to plant trees and cut down trees where you have too much or too little, depending mm -hmm. on what you want to do. A tree not only exchanges CO2 with oxygen, it also, I think an average tree, you know, sucks up about 150 gallons of water water an hour. It's mm -hmm. stunning what, how it affects, you know, mm -hmm. a terrain and what oh, it can do to the huggers. climate. Oh, you tree you just drive me crazy. And, uh, <laughs> don't call, you know, I, I said the same thing on a TV show in Toronto last week, and they, we were starting to call each other tree huggers, that's not what this is about. I also said cutting down trees. In, in, in Al Gore's much lauded movie, one of his proofs of global warming is the change in the, in the snow pattern on Kilimanjaro. And uh, so there's proof. There's not as much snow as there used to be. Well, if you look a little farther, at least the research that I've seen into it, it has to do with trees. Mm -hmm. With the tree cover in the area has changed radically sure, and has changed the weather, the local weather pattern there. And and apparently, uh, apparently, because I'm not a scientist, but apparently that's the real cause of the, the depletion of and snow in Kilimanjaro. And the big CO2, the biggest cause of CO2 is water vapor. And, you know, it's, it's the oceans. What are we going to do? Start draining them? But you know, we're down on the list. Well, I'm but, no scientist, but we've got an awful lot less trees now, don't we, in the on North American continent than we did 200 years ago? No, we have more actually, really? because up until 200 years ago, forest fires just burned without anybody <laughs> trying to stop mm -hmm. them, and it would clear plains and change climates and do all sorts of things. Now we have more trees, and that's documented. I find that very hard to believe. Um, it is around. hard to believe because what you end up thinking about is certain local areas of, you know, high tech, technology, or what am I saying? High well, this area, areas this area like here Detroit used, to, used to be totally forested. Southwestern Ontario sure. was totally forested. Mm -hmm. So we look at it today and say, well, obviously we don't have as many as we had then. But you're Not here. here. But you're saying, but, but even here, if you burn that forest out, you've got 20 or 30 or 40 years without mature trees. So you've got to take, right. you've got to take that out of your sort of, Overall inventory, mm -hmm. which is how they get at those, at those numbers. And all yeah. those trees along the Thames River and everything, mm -hmm. you'd be amazed at how much they have to do with flood control. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I don't want to find out in uh, 10 years from now that uh, that some environment commissioner is only showing up for work, uh, you know, 30 days a year and collecting a full salary. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to write a letter to Sheila Fraser and, and praise her for her, her work? Are you going to write a letter to your MP and say what's going on? Uh, well, and again, like the, the other thing I'm kind of aware of is that I, my job is somewhat similar to hers in the sense that I'm trying to root out errors that have been made by the provincial government. And uh, so I, I do that every day and I get righteously indignant and all that stuff. Whether it'll rise to the level uh, of a letter for her or not, I've got so many people I have to write so many letters to. <laughs> but God bless her. And, and uh, somebody was saying today, you know, that she seems much more passionate about it than your average accountant. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's refreshing to see. And she also obviously is pretty squeaky clean herself because if any Anybody could have got the goods on her. Oh, they'd have been. They, oh. they'd undoubtedly have been trying. But yeah, and you know, and, and 
I think it's a, it's a sign of a healthy system where we appoint these folks for whatever it is, a 10-year term or whatever, so that they're not at the whim of the prime minister or whatever. And, you know, remember, she did more than, than just about anybody else to, uh, to expose what the liberals have been up to in Quebec and, and yet hired by the liberals, you know. Uh, I think that's a healthy thing that we hire people to, to be our watchdogs. And it's too bad that, um, as I say, on, on the one hand, it seems that if you try and keep a closer eye on people, you just spend a lot of money on paperwork. But like this guy retired in 03, I believe. So is he going to spend the rest of his life in jail? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Nobody's. Don't such, you think that? I was wondering whether uh, anybody no. in the Marirar case is going to get any <laughs> discipline or not. Apparently not. I, there uh, is the big issue: the injustice. Of is it. there any? Is there any because punishment for your transgressions? Does yeah. he have to even give the money back? I don't know. No. No, I doubt it. That's my prediction. But what if he had done that to a private employer or to In, you? Today, many yeah. private employers would look to look the other way, the same as the government will likely well, do. So what was Enron all about? Why was all the big fuss? They were the big guys. Yeah, same go. with Martha Stewart. I was they, amazed yeah. that uh, that she went to jail, but again, she was a symbol. They were the so big that they guys. they could say, see, look at all this great stuff we're doing. That's but right. for every one of those, yeah, you're right, there's, yeah. there's a lot of other Just ones that can't be bothered. Walk. Can't be bothered. Or, or it's too embarrassing to the company. I want to very quickly, we're almost out of time, uh, and this is a story that's been talked to death, but uh, I, I'm not sure you guys are aware of my new campaign i've started a campaign for the for the ken anglos the ken anglos are canadians of uh, of british descent and i think we deserve recognition as a nation within canada and uh, i just wanted to let <laughs> you guys everyone know everyone should be a nation well i mean you they know, should be their own nation really quite absolutely seriously i believe in the sovereign individual if, here if i the, am if, <laughs> the, if, the, if, the, if the quebecois are a nation within canada we have to ask ourselves what did what have they done to deserve that well they have a, a language of their own they have a culture of their own they have a history in canada of their own and they have grievances which have driven them to seek this status well I tell you, boys, I'm a Can Anglo, and I've got all of those things. I have a distinctive language, although lots of other people use it now, but it's mine. It's the English language. I have a distinctive culture, as distinctive as the Quebec culture. I have a distinctive place and history in the country of Canada. The only thing I don't have yet is a grievance. I've got lots of grievances, but I haven't kind of settled on which one I really want to bitch about. But as soon as I get that, I've got everything the Quebecois have. Why can't I be a nation within Canada? Why can't people like me be a nation within Canada? Well, I think they can. And that's the problem. As a lawyer, when I heard about this nation thing, it just has no meaning whatsoever to me. It has no legal force. To me, it was just a smart aleck way, an effective smart aleck way of shutting down uh, the bloc's uh, motion about uh, nationhood. And I still can't figure out why they ended up voting in favor of it. I, I don't get that Everybody vote for it except, what, that's 16 what, I, liberals? I, I well, I know, but the bloc are dedicated that. to not being on side with the conservatives I about mean, that stuff. I just they already learned with the First Nations? Nations, you know, nation in, in a government jurisdictional sense always means is defined by geography. In a, by, in by a government jurisdictional yeah. sense, but it is also, depending on the, what the dictionary you look into, it also can be used to describe a group of people of distinct ethnicity with the language, right. culture, Right, so therefore it's, it's a racial comment, well, not, that, really, that sense, not yes. really a, na- a national comment, yeah. and it's a new form of nationalism, and I think uh, it's a prescription for disaster. That's exactly what you see happening in, in all the hotspots in the world, is people claiming their own nation well, I don't know what based ha- on race. I don't know what That's Harper's why Rome do. kept peace for a thousand years. I don't know what Harper's going to do if the Ken Anglos decide seriously that, the, you know, if, if it looks as though the Quebecois are actually getting some benefit from this, this will be the test. Are they going to get benefits for this? Then Everybody else in the country well, is going to want a piece of that pie. it's interesting you ask that because I heard a, a French commentator say, oh, yes, well, with this acknowledgement, we'll now get money for French museums right across the country, <laughs> and they'll be able to put the culture in the museums and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, ah, that's where the rubber hits the road, okay? Right. Mean, that kind of thing. It means thing. nothing. But other than that... nothing except trying to get votes in Quebec, and uh, yes. Stephen Harper's going to be the last guy to, to enhance French rights in Canada. 
Uh, so anyway, to me, I, I, I bless Bob Ray that he said I'm not. I'm just. He said I'm not even going to talk about it. He said I'm not wading into that swamp again. Are the French so silly that they'll that they'll think this means anything? Are they so deluded that they'll? You know, I couldn't understand the media reaction covering this as a great big positive story. You know, when I heard, first heard it, I thought, oh my goodness, Harper's sort of telling them, oh nice little doggy, pat them on the head and go away. You know, and that was about it. That's how it, that's how it actually felt. It was almost insulting. And then everybody's patting themselves on the head over well, the whole thing. That, then and I'm wondering. But I agree with Jeff. It's meaning meaningless as a as a long term gesture of anything. But it certainly, I you know, I wonder if that well, had boys, an I effect on that London North by election. I think you're wrong. I think yeah? it, I think it's not meaningless, and I think its meaning will become apparent as years go you by. You think it's going to be what I said? Money starts flowing. Eh? Uh, if the, as soon as the money starts flowing to the Quebecois, whoever they may turn out to be, uh, the next group in line, and perhaps rightly so, the Acadians. They have everything the Quebecois have, almost, almost to the, you know, to the last little scintilla of information. They're almost exactly the same, but they're not included. Well, in the First Nations, I'll stick First, them in well, there too. They're already there, though. They've already, they've already been given that acknowledgement. Yeah, that's for working it means. out well, isn't it? Well, in the sense that it means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it means. But they you get may be right. Five be, billion dollars a year. And if that happens, it'll be, it'll be the ultimate joke on Stephen Harper because, again, I, I can't believe that he is a man who seriously wants to enhance Quebec rights compared to the rest of Canada. That's the last thing he would want to accomplish in his time as prime minister. So you if know, that's his legacy. But it's the, it's the old, it's the old principle of unintended consequences. Yes, you have oh, to be sure. very careful what you wish for. But don't forget. The other party leaders are no different in this regard. So it's not that he oh. distinguished himself from anybody in this. So they, to me, they, they the move was for some total other different reason, and I think it was what the thing Jeff that was scared saying. me most about this was all five parties agreed on something that did not have a manifest benefit for Canadians from coast to coast. If they agree on something like that, then I'm okay. But anything other than that scares the hell out of me. Gentlemen, we're done. The music's playing in the background. Thanks, Jim. Thank you both, Bob Metz, Jeff Schlemmer, joining us today as they do most Wednesdays on Left, Right, and Center. If you've got an issue. If you've enjoyed this presentation, visit justrightmedia.org for more programming that's not right-wing, it's just right.